Yo, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Once again, it's time for the Chi and Khalil show. We got your boy Khalil and your girl Chi. Hey. And we're going to talk about what it is and what it do and what it going to be. In that order. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you got your pens and paper ready because <laughs> we about to preach. Are we? No. Is we? Is we? <laughs> Is we is? Is we is? No, we ain't. Is you no, there was a tweet that was going around the baby. other day mm-hmm. that was like, do you use ain't in professional settings? And I said, yes, I do all the time to subvert the patriarchy. <laughs> okay. Because apparently ain't is not grammatically correct, which I don't know who it is now. said that. It is now, but though. I'm like, but no, it's already it's it not. Is. Well, no, I'm saying, well, ain't is a word that is used by people all the time yes so you can so talk it's about a word right it's a word right so this is the thing that people try to get all uppity and don't really understand linguistics mm. ain't is a word and we use it so if it's a word <laughs> that's used it is a word <laughs> yes and you can try to fight it all you want but ain't has been used enough that it's a part of our official language it's now a part of our official language. No, I right. remember growing up in Louisiana, the the thing that they would tell you is ain't ain't a word, so don't say yeah. ain't. And I thought that was interesting because I they mean, had just used ain't in a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, we had that we had that out here in Cali too. That's just trying really? to that's the whole like, you know, standard American English oh, sounding like it. you're more intelligent than people who use ain't. <laughs> but if you think that someone is less intelligent than you because you, they use ain't, you just don't understand basic linguistics. And yeah. you can go ahead and <laughs> that person probably speaks three languages and you speak one. <laughs> so there. Oh, like that like that meme, like what's what's you know classy for rich people but trashy for poor people. Mm. It's you know what? day drinking. There was another one. Oh, what's about oh. day drinking, not paying taxes, and speaking more than one language. That is so true. Right? Wow. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You have a wine. You that's have wine or a mimosa at eleven a.m. and somehow you classy because you rich, but you do that in in the hood, and all of a sudden you just trash. What? Wow. Right. Just like when people was judging me on our last podcast for celebrating in the morning when I just got off work. <laughs> okay, no. Not to mention no names, but there's a certain Doctor Akamoga. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> that's real different. <laughs> you can't show up to work. <laughs> Drunk. Actually, Although, you, you know, I know doctors who are high and who have been drunk showing up to work and I don't know how they do it. Oh. Well, yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother Anyways, thing. That's a whole nother thing. That's showing up. I mean, yeah. showing up to actually, yeah, doctor work is different than showing up to talk trash on a microphone, <laughs> right? I probably work better when I'm buzzed. I probably work I'm better saying. when I'm buzzed. Right? Should I go get a drink right now? No, please don't. Please don't. Okay, see, I got off, I actually got off work last night, so I had a glass of wine last night. So I didn't need my. Oh, I didn't see, need my what Friday kind of wine? Drink. None I didn't even know you drink wine. Wait, this is new. What kind of wine did you drink? <laughs> gee, I don't, I don't know where you've been, <laughs> but I'm, I'm Ben Bougie. Okay, I've been Bougie out here. I've been Bougie. <laughs> oh God! Wow. <laughs> I have my own winery. You know that McCarter no, Winery. No, you do not have your own winery. Mecca. You know about no. the Carter Winery in the States on Temecula? No. Okay. no. Well, if you don't what? know, now you know. <laughs> baby, baby. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I have an audition this morning. I'm a little giddy. So, so what you got audition for? 
Oh, but he's allowed to talk play. about it or no? Oh, okay. No, no. That's all I can say about it. It's a play. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay. Is your brother producing it? No. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. So you so you have a chance then. So you have a chance. <laughs> Get a like a no kind of like extra you know what? part. Never mind. Whatever. Right. <laughs> you didn't narrate nothing. <laughs> I'm a good narrator too. <laughs> I know. Everyone loves your voice. I don't know why. Say yes. You I don't, don't know, know why. why. <laughs> Bye. 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 Okay, what are we talking about today? We're just going to talk about toupee fiasco like we always do. Okay, wait. But this week, this week in American news, right? Like, we are high, like, celebrating in the streets for two days straight. And then, bam, Monday morning hits and you're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's not over. Like, we told y'all it's not over yet. This week has just let us know. That the crazy yeah. is going to be crazy yeah. for the next now, what, 60 days left? Oh, no. I mean, well, Trump is never going to stop being crazy, right? Like, he's actually already raised millions of dollars to keep a super PAC fund going so he can keep basically paying for himself to live because he doesn't actually have any money, right? Doesn't. So, like, we're going to keep the, the, we're going to be able to keep talking about toupee fiasco and his shenanigans. Uh, well, you know what's really weird, though? Hmm. Like the the Republican Party is actually like there are candidates, people who are already in office, incumbents, people who are thinking about running for office on the Republican side who are like still, you know, sort of kowtowing to him because they know that basically he's the highest leader of the Republican Party, the Republican Party as it is now. So they need him to 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 knight them so that they can get support for their agenda and their campaign. That is like so mind-boggling to me i'm like you want this guy to co-sign your agenda like do you not see who this guy is well you know the republican party got rid of their whole agenda right and their natural (laughs) convention like is normally the parties they they put up their political platform at their conventions because they say these are ideals of us this is what we Mm want to do this is how we how we're going to fix the the country how we're going to fix the problems keep moving america forward their Mm -hmm. platform was just we're going to support trump they scrapped everything and they didn't realize how, how, how many, the problems of that, like it's so problematic. One, he's an idiot. He doesn't have any. And it's also like, you're just basically kind of like trying to give us a dictator, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's, if it's you're going to get a dictator, at least get a functional one, you know? <laughs> no, there is no, that's an oxymoron. There is no such thing as a functional dictator. <laughs> oh, Castro was very functional. I think Castro was a very functional mm. dictator. Okay. Like he got a lot of things done for the country. Well, and... the, he, this this dude number forty five can say he got a lot of stuff done for this country too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can he yeah. can argue that. I don't know if he did, but he can argue it. But I mean, you didn't like. I mean, the literacy rate in Cuba went from one of the worst in the world to the best in the world, right? Yeah. They they produce more doctors per capita than any country in the world. Mm-hmm. And mind you, like Fidel is not an angel. He did a lot of he suppresses any kind of opposition to him. Opposition, exactly. Right. That, but that's he's the a dysfunctional dic- part. Well, he's a functional <laughs> dictator. I mean, that's that's what makes him a dictator. But he's mm-hmm. still actually moving the country forward better than it was in pre- his in previous administrations. Right. Like compared to Bautista, yeah. like he's an angel. There's yeah, no well, there's no socialistic bent towards him. He's not trying to promote universal health care equality for all. Like the the agenda that the Republicans have when they removed their official agenda and didn't have one, they were exposing their real agenda. And and this might sound a little harsh, but welcome to 2020. Their agenda has always been racist. 
It's just a racism agenda. It's pro-white. It's pro-conservative ideals that that allow and support whiteness to thrive at the expense of every other person and thing that might actually help this country. And it's it's still anti-white though, right? Because the average it, white person- Yes, in, in the way that you like to argue it. Yes, yeah. it is still anti-white. It's anti, you're not gonna get any, be better off with this right. agenda that they have. Absolutely not. Whether you're white, black, or or any other color that these folks have invented, like you will not be better off with this particular agenda that they're promoting. You're going to feel, is, you're just going to feel like you're better than the others. Yeah. That's what yeah. you're doing. Right. You get the illusion of white privilege. Feelings, nothing more than <laughs> feelings. You know, that's it. That's all you're basing your entire life on feelings. And there's no like, there's no sense about it. So you can't just break in a song and then keep talking. Like, you okay. didn't just break in. <laughs> that's a musical. <laughs> if anybody's hiring for musicals, that's me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, something, um, so, I don't know. I Somehow I've been thinking about this all week. I don't know if it was you who sent me this article or somebody else, but I've been sharing it with everyone. It's the one, um, I don't know. I think he's a he's an Indian guy from India um, who wrote about just the how white people have been voting in this country, at least in the in the modern era since Carter and what that tells you about the agenda for the Republican Party. And essentially, and we should add this to the notes, but essentially, since Carter, the majority of white voters say that again. I think it went all the way back to like Nixon, didn't it? Probably. Yes. In the modern, let's just say since the sixties, right? Like the majority of white voters have voted Republican. And the only way a Democrat, which would have been like Carter would have been Clinton would have been Obama could get over the hump and actually win an election was if everybody else came out in droves, right? And we always hear like, oh, well, it was the black people who saved the vote. It was the black women who, you know, did this, that, and the other, even for this election. But what that doesn't do is allow you to focus the spotlight on the actual issue, right? Because 11, 11% of the population should not have to carry democracy forward, right? 11% plus then the other, the other groups that aren't in the majority, right? They should not be carrying democracy. You look right. at that chart, and you find out that the majority of white people actually are still voting Republican, are voting against this progress that leads to more equity and equitability and equality in this country. And that's where the focus should be, but it never is. The majority of white people still vote for the anti-progress party. Right. And Umar's claim in this was that it wasn't yeah, about- his name, Umar. Yeah. It wasn't that um, they're voting Republican. It's that Republican policies are bad. They, they produce what we call a failed state. So mm-hmm. yeah. one of the purposes of government is to make sure that everyone has the opportunity um, to basically feed and house themselves and have security. Mm-hmm. And Republican politics harm that because they destroy the economy long term so you get they kind of destroy the middle class they make it so that places like in the middle of america the flyover states that we call them can no longer have airports and centers of business because they get rid of the antitrust laws so all of the companies end up being kind of focused on the big cities on the 
mm-hmm. on each coast. But before yeah. we got rid of these antitrust laws, like Kansas City, um, I can't even blank. I'm blanking on other like cities in the middle, like you know Ohio. In, I said Ohio, like it's a city. Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland. Um, other cities in the Midwest actually yeah. benefited from a lot of antitrust laws and antitrust funding. So they funded airports and airlines, regional airports and regional airlines, so they could compete with Dallas, Fort Worth, and right. LAX, right. et cetera. So you could have functioning regional airlines. There used yes. to be like a hundred airline companies mm-hmm. in the United States. Now yeah. there's what, like six. Yeah. And of course that means that none of them are going to be based in the middle of the country. So they lose out on, you know, selling business real estate on yeah. businesses, having conventions there on the convention center, on the hotels, you lose all this money and it goes away. It's drained. So you can't actually have functioning centers of business in the middle of the country anymore. Yeah, I was wondering how Southwest was able to, to how it's been able to like stay afloat because U.S. Airways, I mean, I used to fly that because it was the only one that would jump between like Detroit and Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and North Carolina, Pittsburgh and New Haven, direct without like any problems. That's all gone. Well, because when you get rid of antitrust laws, the yeah. larger companies just buy up the smaller ones and you end up with these oligopolies that don't actually serve the company the consumer and it separates money into really like regionalized specialized states. So anyways, the the other thing is like basic things like healthcare. None of us mm-hmm. like our healthcare system, right? There's not one person in the United States outside of executives for health insurance companies that actually benefit from our current system. So why is it we haven't fixed it for like centuries, not centuries, for decades? Like we've decades. known there's been a problem. Yeah. We've yeah. refused to actually fix it. We had a minor improvement with the Affordable Care Act and Republicans have been making it unpopular, saying it's still not working and blaming it on the Affordable Care Act instead of actually blaming on the fact that we didn't actually just change the system. Because like we said before, we said this in the podcast before, when the Republicans were guaranteed a veto Mm -hmm. of repealing the Affordable Care Act, they repealed it like once a month for fun, just to make you know seriously like how many times did they repeal it while obama was president like i know, it was I know like too many to count right like right, they, they stopped right. even making like headlines because they're like yeah whatever he's gonna veto it again yeah. and then and mind you when trump was first in office for the first two years he had a republican congress the, mm-hmm. the, the house and the senate and the house like a bunch of idiots repealed it and what happened when it got to the senate they were like oh no we can't repeal this because we don't got none better and everyone's gonna be mad we're gonna have to admit that this was actually an improvement so, you know, because the idiot in the White House isn't going to be smart enough to veto it. So we're just going to have to just let it crumble and not pass. And we still haven't offered a solution. I mean, when was Affordable Care Act passed? 2009. Okay, 2009 so- and, and the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court upheld it. I remember that because we're like, okay, we still have jobs. <laughs> you know, like, Well, the other yeah. thing was that, so it's been 11 years. Why have the Republicans never, they have not put out an alternative, like not one alternative. So if they really thought it was that horrible, um, they've had decades since, you know, Hillary Clinton tried to do it back in the 80s and at least 11 years since Obama fixed it. Yeah. So why haven't you put together something else if it's so horrible and it's, you know, all these things like the worst thing since slavery, according to Ben Carson, 
all these unconstitutional, all these other things. Like, make a new law. If there's, if it's so horrible, make a new law. But anyways, people keep voting for Republicans who are trying to do things like take away health care, trying to do things like take away food security. Yeah. Like, take away things like raising the minimum wage. Like, why would you not want the minimum raise, wage raised? Like, it helps all of us. Everyone who works full-time should be able to support themselves. That is not a radical Marxist idea. You know what I mean? Like that's just basic things. And and white people in America vote against it. And it's different than white people in the rest of the world because yeah. white people in Europe vote for all these things all the time. Mm-hmm. So this is specifically- They vote for healthcare. Like, they vote right. for security. They vote right. for childcare, like maternity and paternity <laughs> leave, right? Like imagine you yeah. getting more than like, three months to stay with your child and still be able to get your job when you go back. And it's not even a second thought, but this voting block, this, the, this white America as a social group is what he, what he called it keeps voting against that. They, they vote for, they just vote for inequality. They vote for ha- This is, you know, that struggle life that you always talking about. That's literally what they're voting for. They're voting us for us to struggle more. Like there to be more struggle unless you are a billionaire. Like struggle, struggle, struggle. Let's see how let's see how hard they can work to get to this impossible and unreal delusional dream. It shouldn't be a dream that all of us are able to have a roof over our head. It shouldn't be a dream that all of us are able to put food, good food, nutritious food into our belly. It shouldn't be a dream that we have enough money to save, to go in, on vacation, to support somebody, to, to even support yourself in retirement. It should not be a dream. It should be reality. Like it must be reality in order for us to be a country of these democratic ideals that we're always espousing, especially every four years. It should but, no longer be a dream. The American dream should 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 just go away, <laughs> vanish <laughs> from the mouths of everybody. And it's like, no, it's not an American dream. There's no more dream. dream, it's now reality. We have to talk about reality. Because they keep voting for segregation, inequality, guns. What else did he say? Um, all this other stuff that Umar put together. And I just, I, I kept reading this article over and over and was just like, oh, it's very sobering, Khalil. It's yeah. very sobering to like, to see like there's this entire, and they're still the majority. They're still three fourths of the country. Wants the to vote in a, the um, white America as a demographic is still oh, the majority right. of that only, that don't check off um, of Hispanic or Latin or origin. It's just literally white only. It's still the majority of this country. And so like, yo, yo, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even have a word. All I can say is yo. That's yo, 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 yo. <laughs> Why would you want to vote for the struggle life? Vote for that dream. Vote for, not the dream. I just said, ex the dream. Like vote so that you and I as human beings can can live freely. well the other thing is the american dream is kind of it's made up there's less social mobility in the united states than any other right. industrialized country right so we should actually vote for things that actually create social mobility like education for all health care for all a decent minimum wage because poverty has never been able to end poverty by itself like no, having horrible no. conditions of poverty has never ended poverty in any civilization but you know what does? If people who are working at McDonald's 
with one job can support themselves, then maybe they can go to school at night and get another education, right? Yeah. Or do whatever else they want to do to right. better themselves exactly. that everyone claims they do. But exactly. if you have to work 60 to 80 hours a week to mm. eat, it makes it a and lot harder. And not even eat well. Right. <laughs> it makes it a lot harder to do anything extra. Like spend time with your kids to make sure your kids are, are doing well. Um, you know, go and get another degree, train for this, train for that. Or just, you know, satisfy your, your curiosity. Right. Exactly. You know, oh, I just want to take a class for the the heck of it because you feel free. You don't feel constrained or trapped in this reality that that the powers that be want to keep you in. They're talking about dreams and you're they're basically keeping you in a nightmare. Like literally, and then they'll blame you for not being able to wake up from that nightmare to get out and into the dreamscape. What? That is the biggest lie, falsehood, whatever, like delusional thinking that has been fed to us as an American people. That somehow, you know, it is all about you and you are the reason why you can't move forward in these confines. No, it's because, uh, to, to quote Umar, it's like this voting block, white America as a social group, is probably the, the richest, the cruelest, and the, the, the most narrowly focused group in all of the world. And they want to ensure their power by subjugating and oppressing everyone else. And they won't see it that way because they're like, no, I'm voting in my best interest. And I'm like, no, you're, you're not because, and I'll, I'll, quote, I'll quote scripture, in so much as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Take that. That was Christ talking. He was like, you do that to the least, you've done it to me. So how are you feeling now? You just well, oppress Christ. See, the problem and he is. in heaven living. The problem you know? is you're talking about Jesus from the Bible versus white Republican Jesus. Because white Republican Jesus is all about guns. Yes. And stopping yes. and and making more people have unplanned pregnancies, but trying to stop abortion at the same yeah. time. Somehow, yeah. magically, they're like, oh, let's just make more unplanned pregnancies. But at the same time, that's going to, you know, stop abortion. Right. But right. It, it's going to increase making... demand. Basic economics. <laughs> anyway. So let, what, what, what else are we going to talk about? So, so we need to go talk about the, the senatorial race in Georgia because it's popping off. Yes. And yes. one thing that really that's really important that um, AOC and Bernie Sanders are kind of hitting people over the head with is that none of the supposed like radical progressive candidates for the mm-hmm. Democratic Party lost. All of them won. All of them won. Despite the people, them. right. Despite this thing that you have to be moderate and you have to blah, 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 and you have to get these supposed like moderate Republicans to vote for you, which those people don't exist. But anyways, so hopefully the candidates will realize that going for things that really affect people's lives, like, hey, raising the minimum wage, the Green New Deal, so you can promote jobs while making the earth livable, all those things need to actually be pushed for us to win. Because the thing is, if we win those two spots in the Senate, we'll have a Senate majority. So one, Mitch McConnell will go away with all his tomfoolery, and Mm. we can actually get policies done that actually help the average American. Because things will actually get voted on, mainly. Like, there's, there's a stimulus bill that the House already passed a gazillion times yeah. that Mitch McConnell yeah. just refuses to even acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So without Mitch McConnell, Are you upset by that? Are course. you upset by the, are you upset 
Well, let me let me rephrase my question. Are you upset that um, the Republican Senate hasn't passed it or that Pelosi hasn't like moved so that it can be more the whatever the packages can be more what the Republican Senate wants? So, no, I mean, my point is the Republicans should vote on it. I mean, the Senate should vote on it. It doesn't really matter mm-hmm. if they pass it or not. Because yeah. you can argue whether it should be passed or not. What I'm saying is Mitch McConnell, by refusing to have it voted on, yeah. is just choosing by himself, unilaterally, obstructing all of Congress. So we mm-hmm. vote for all these hundreds of people to be in Congress, and one person shouldn't decide on whether things should get voted on or not. That's a so ridiculous we have a dictator in the Congress. Exactly. That's basically it. So we have a dictator in the Oval Office. We have a dictator in Congress. <laughs> like, no, that's that's bad for that's the democracy. Right. Well, so this thing, week like, has taught yeah. us that we're still not out of the clear, right? Well, that's the thing. Like, it's it's taught us that our systems are set up that only that you they're requiring politicians to have basic morals to function. Yeah, an and ethical not, compass. It's too. It's too. It's too. It gives too much leeway to people to do things like, oh, let's just refuse to vote on things. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, if it was actually brought to the floor and people had to debate on it, then you would have to actually vote. And if it's really a bad deal and you don't want it, then you can defend your vote. But the Republicans know that the average American wants all the things in the stimulus bill that was passed by the House, or the majority of Americans do, of course, so we're not a monolith, but the majority of Americans yeah. do. Mm-hmm. And it will be hard for them to get reelected if they had voted no on that. But it was the same thing as voting no since Mitch McConnell didn't actually put it to the put the question to the to the floor. Well, this is what this is what black America has been saying. This is what um, our Latinx brothers and sisters have been saying. This is what Asian Americans. I mean, like the poor people's party have been saying that essentially all of this that we have been waiting for a certain social group in this country to see that they've created enough loopholes for them not to do the thing that is in our best interests, that they have capitalized and taken advantage of all of the holes to uphold their sort of racist, narrow-minded theories and propagate those as opposed to opening up their vision and seeing that there's a whole new world out there. And if they don't get on the bandwagon, they're going to burn themselves out, literally. Oh, you know what we forgot about? Hmm. Four Seasons Total Landscaping. <laughs> Wait, did the fire make you think of it? <laughs> I'm just saying. It just... <laughs> wait, wait, pause. The mess was so silly. Because I saw it and I was like, okay, there's a Four Seasons in Philadelphia. And then I saw the tweet, no, it will be at the total landscaping. Then I saw a picture with a podium and like lights and camera all around. And then I saw another picture with Rudy Giuliani. And I was like, oh, this is the, this is, this is how you know. Oh, no, 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 no. This is that final season of a television show when they should have cut it off the season before. But they were like, no, 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 we got good stuff. <laughs> no, I think, I think this is like, there's people in his administration that purposely fuck with him, right? Like someone did this on purpose, right? Like, hey, let's just let's just go ahead and just like make this a total joke, and he's gonna keep running. And and after he made the mistake, like after he put the first tweet out about the four seasons, he didn't couldn't admit that like, hey, we shouldn't really do this in the parking lot of a landscaping event that's next to a sex shop and a crematorium. (laughs) Um, the The best meme I saw about it is that well, kind of like we're all. You know, metaphorically speaking, we're all in between a sex, sex shop 
and a crematorium. So we're laughing about um <laughs> um I'm not even gonna talk about that. So what we're gonna say is that I really think that there's someone in his administration just messing with so. everything. Just like it took like they all the lot, a lot of the things that he says, you're just like, okay, he's just fucking with us, right? Yeah. And this is one of those things where just like, yeah, we're gonna hold a press conference. <laughs> in a landscaping parking lot. Oh god. Oh and then god. the worst there's... part is Giuliani still showed up. Like if I was Giuliani, I'd be like, What? You want me to do what? Huh? Right. Nah, brah. Nah. Right. You're gonna have to get like Corey. You're gonna have to get someone else, like Stephen Miller, somebody. But uh, nah, not but the kid. But this is the thing. The None of them are him. able to say no. None of them are able to say no to this when, man. Why would you not just oh cancel? God. Like, oh, we're gonna reschedule. Like something. Like, Mm-mm. yeah. Mm-mm. And then also, like, they still keep holding super spreader events, and like Corey Lewandowski now has the Rona, the and Rona. then. It's ridiculous how many Secret Service men have caught the Rona. 134, last count. That's not good. The security like, no. of this country? Oh my God, no. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And I was, I was telling my mother, I was like, okay, there's detail now on Biden and Harris because they're now president and vice president-elect. And they better not draw from that detail to go and protect this guy who refuses to listen to science or common sense. Not enough people to go around and protect the people who need to be protected. Ah, son. Mm-mm. Down with this one. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, he's he's endangered so many people's lives, hundreds of thousands of people's lives. And that's not, that's excluding the 10 point something million cases that have already happened in this country and the over 250,000 people who have died. Just right. every time he goes out, it's more crazy. And then also- He's doing dumb things like he's refusing to allow the Biden Harris team access to intelligence, which puts us all in danger because all I mean, of it's the House of Cards, like regardless military, of party, all of us, right? So like the Russians, the Chinese, other people can take advantage mm-hmm. of us not knowing who our president is yeah. and doing crazy things. And yeah, the generals in theory could respond. But it's not going to be a coordinated effort and it's going to be all kinds of drama. Like it's it puts a lot of danger and risk for the whole world to be throwing a temper tantrum because you lost an election. Yeah, it just it's mm, y'all be careful of the leaders that you guys elect. That's all I'm just saying, because a lot of the stuff that you thought was, you know, in place and solid it wasn't, we knew this, we tried to help y'all, you know? I mean, we're helping y'all again with Biden and Harris, but like, you want some security? Vote for common sense. Like, that's it. That's literally it. So she's gonna do BLM before BLM, where we talk about the struggle for basic human rights for all Americans and how back in the day in the 50s, 60s, 20s, 1800s, the struggle similar to the struggle that's going on right now. So she's going to go ahead and bring us one from back in the day. I wanted to bring in the godmother, the queen, the madam president of the civil rights movement, even before it was labeled the civil rights movement, Ms. Ella Josephine Baker. Like literally everything she touched was gold. She had like that Midas touch. Or if there was a female way of saying Midas, like Midisa, I don't know. 
touch. That's what she had. <laughs> she was, you know, interesting fact, like interesting. She was born December 13th of 1903 and she died on her 83rd birthday on December 13th, 1986. I just thought that was, oh, wow. that was interesting. Anyway, so she was born in Norfolk, Virginia, raised in North Carolina, where her mother's people were from. What's North Carolina and, for those? Yes, know, right? Like, no. <laughs> she even graduated. Carolina. She graduated from um, Shaw University in North Carolina. What? In I was like, oh, yes. I was like, what? Yes. But she basically, she is she is the fountain from which all leaders of the civil rights movement basically flow out of. Like, you cannot, all the lineage goes back to her. Like, always goes back to her. And I love that. I'm just like, again, you know, Black women coming in and doing a thing and making a big deal about it and, and doing something great. So anyway, she was a critic of racism, just like... Um, most of us are, but she was also a critic of the sexism that exists in the civil rights movement. And, and you can see that in, in a lot of the work and the words that she had said, she was a very private person. And there was even, there was even um, a quote that she said that sort of typified her way of, of being when it came to civil rights issues and who should be in the lead and whatnot. She was like, you didn't see me on television. You didn't see news stories about me. The kind of role that I tried to play was to pick up pieces or put together pieces out of which I hoped organization might come. My theory is strong people don't need strong leaders. And one of the examples that a lot of, you know, articles and, and, and reading showed was after, I think it was the S, one of the SCLC conferences, Martin Luther King had spoken and her, she didn't say this, but one of her sort of sentiments was, Y'all be wary of sort of this leader-centric orientation. We need to have group, you know, groups moving forward. We can't just have one leader at the top leading us all, especially because that w- just very much mirrored what was happening in the Black church, right? You have all these women who were doing this stuff and getting the work done, voter registration, tackling policy going out there, but the people at the top, the few people at the top were men, Black men. And she saw a problem with that and was always sort of instigating and saying, but what about, but what about? Because in the end, even as we see in the black church, the black church, love them as I do, has not been very kind to the women, the majority women who are supporting it. And it was the same thing with the civil, with the civil rights movement to the point where at, at one of the conferences at the SCL, SCLC conference, she said to the leaders there, she was like, look, y'all need to bring in some university students. Look at what they're doing with the sit-ins. Look at what they're doing with, doing with voter registration. Bring them in. And at that conference, that's when SNCC was born, right? So then right. you have all of these, remember Stokely Carmichael, all of these guys that we've been talking about sort of being trained and mentored and led by this woman who was like, it's not about me. It's not about how great I speak, how good I look, whatever. It is about the cause. And that's what she pushed out with these with these young people, which was, I just saw it as beautiful and just so important to think about not just the leader, which I think the three ladies of BLM are doing, right? Like they're the leaders, but you don't hear much about them, right? You're hearing about the work that's being done. And that's most important, you know, like they will get their accolades and their honors and I give them praise right now. But they also realize that it's not about them. It's not about good oratory and charisma. Yes, that's great. You also want to make sure that each of the people who are out there protesting and and advocating for 
also understand that they are leaders in their own right and that they need to do the work as well. It's not top down, it's bottom through. It is bottom through, not even bottom up, bottom through. So yeah, that's Ella Baker. You can read more about her online. Um, There's some great articles. I just like the fact that she, she is queen. She is queen when it comes to the civil rights movement. It's not any of these other names, honestly, that you hear about. It's it's literally her work. And we need more of that kind of leadership. Folks who are not interested in being in the front all the time and on the balcony ripping off their masks and talk and and talking about how they beat the coronavirus. But that shows we don't how need powerful dictators. You are. That shows how powerful you are. Right? No, no, we need That's we how need... powerful our country is because <laughs> we have a man up there fighting for his breath, ripping his mask off. No, we need real leadership and real leadership isn't afraid of sharing power because guess what? Power can't be, can't, power is not in a container. Power can be grabbed from anywhere. The lie is that only one person can have power and that's not true. As she was saying, when you have just like one specific leader, you can just take the leader out. I mean, that's what happened yeah. to Malcolm X. That's what happened to the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to Martin Luther King. But when you have an amalgamation of leaders in a large yeah. group, yeah, you can't do that. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, most movements require some like figurehead of people to get excited about and follow. So it- yes, but that figurehead needs to not get drunk on their own power and be able to to either train and make sure that there are other leaders going forth, or and step back. And just step back. I mean, Obama is even like this, right? Like, okay, yeah, you followed me, but it's really not about me. I got you here, but I want to make sure that all of you guys are still moving forward. I'm just, I'm a catalyst. I'm, I'm, I'm being dropped into the equation to move you forward, but I'm not the equation. And that's what number 45 gets wrong all the time. And that's why people like him are going to, they're not going to be able to, to hold that power long because they think they are the equation and you can just take an equation out. <laughs> you can you know i mean i know that energy is neither destroyed nor created but you can change the energy and if you think you're the equation i'm just change the equation that's all that's how you do yeah a little physics this morning okay anyway so once again thanks for listening to the chi and khalil show um next week we might be back with video you just never know we might make it happen captain we might make it happen captain but hold it down one time for the west side is how we do that's how we do peace <laughs>